Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to the Kaching with Jane King podcast, a podcast from parents to parents to help us teach the next generation about money. Now, today's podcast is brought to you by Wasabi Rabbit. Wasabi Rabbit is a veteran-owned digital marketing agency that provides brand campaign and user experience transformations that accelerate business growth. For more information, you can go to wasabirabbit.com. And co-host Kim Mustin traveling today, so she'll be joining us next time. And we always talk about money lessons for kids, financial literacy. We share tips on how to teach the next generation about handling their finances. But it's always been, up until this point, from an American point of view. So it occurred to me there's probably some really cool things that other countries do when it comes to teaching kids about money. So we have a global guest list today. And um, let me introduce our guests, and then I'll have you tell me a little bit about where you grew up and just your upbringing and so forth. Let's start with Kellen Donnelly. Uh, so Kellen, take it over. Where'd you grow up? Yes, hi. Uh, I grew up in Uganda. I'm from Uganda, born and raised in the western region of Uganda, which is, um, uh, I grew up in a setup of a village. So not like probably the typical village you think of when you think of Uganda, of Africa, but more like, um, you know, like a community where people live. One neighbor from one neighbor to the other would be like maybe five miles or two miles. So it's not like a typical village, like people living in one little condensed place. So yes, born and raised uh, in a village in Uganda. Okay, interesting. Okay, we'll hear more about that later. Uh, Gladys, tell us about where you grew up. Yes, hi. I grew up in uh, Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic. In, it's an island in the Caribbean. And basically, I come from a middle-class background, so we didn't have six miles in between each uh, house to each other, but we, it was a little old neighborhood like Chelsea. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Okay. And Helen? Hi. Um, I'm from China. It's a city called Wuhan. Um, I'm also like a middle class family uh, back in the 60s or 70s that China is kind of living in the community because it's still a um, heavy communist so we grown up uh, knowing our neighbor very well because we hang out with them. We share kitchen with them and then bathroom with them. And then we have a lot of interaction with other kids. So, and then we were very poor. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, Kellen, what is it like in Uganda? I mean, do you, do you talk about money? How so? Working, saving? 
I mean, how, how was that growing up and how do you take those lessons now to your son? Uh, that's a really interesting question because uh, growing up, money it was a little bit different than it is today. Like as kids then growing up in a village, in a poor village where you actually didn't even realize you're poor because we all, we had farms, we had cows, we had animals. So we depended on that to sell and to get money. And nobody was richer than the other. Nobody was poorer than the other. It was just a normal way of living life. If you wanted money for school fees, if you wanted money for uh, any household stuff, you just have to sell your, either your animals or your crops. So the, there was not much like talk about money and how to save it when we were growing up as kids. But now, of course, life has changed in Uganda. So we're more modernized now. We're like more global. And there's a lot of like um, financial literacy, a lot more than it was when I was growing up. Now, do you think, um, I mean, do you have a preference or are there things you can take from both ways that are beneficial? Absolutely. I think both ways. Uh, I tend to go back now sometimes uh, uh, in the way I grew up to draw from there, from those uh, values. Like money doesn't really uh, put, like, I don't have much pressure about money. Like I'm not like so scared or worried or concerned because I grew up knowing that everything's fine. It's going to be okay. So I have that balance uh, with that and also like having to be shrewd and know how to invest and know how to save money. I know that really I live in a world right now where everything is money. So I think I would say the balance. I live the balance of those two lives now. Which is probably a nice way to do it, actually. You know, so Gladys, what about you? So back in the 1900s, <laughs> when, well, uh, when we were growing up, we didn't really have, you know, how they have allowance here. So it was very different. Um, you were, it was more about obedience and respect. And when we went to the store, you wouldn't dare like bring your little toys along so that, you know, when you're at the register, oh my goodness. they buy Can you it. around my kids? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was not the case. You were what, whatever you were given, you were given, and um, you didn't and complain that about was, it. You get you what you want, yes. and you're happy with it. Yeah, yeah. we were definitely very happy. <laughs> you, get, you get what you get. You get what you get. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, okay. you get what you get, and you're happy with it. And that's it. That's the end of it. So, at what point did you kind of go? Oh, okay. There's this thing out there, money, and I need to kind of learn about it a little bit to live a responsible life. That's a very good question, actually. When I became an adult, <laughs> uh, because you were given everything also. So you, you know, you, you were, I mean, we were given like food, uh, lunch money because over there they don't have it. Uh, like here, you, you, that they give you lunch in school. But, um, that was, that was it. Now, going back to your question about, um, when I realized. So now it, it kind of like what Kellen was saying is a little bit different because, you know, you always, when you grow up, you always want to give your kids, more right and and better things which then you find yourself kind of spoiling them mm -hmm. right and giving them a little bit too much so this podcast is great because you need to find a balance and and you know it's great that you you're teaching parents how to do that mm -hmm. okay so helen tell me about like just how was it treated i mean you mentioned it was poor area so, I mean, did you just not talk about it and everybody just kind of do whatever? Well, the good things we don't know because right. everybody was the same. I mean, our parents make the same amount of wage. At that time, even men and women earned the same amount of wage, but very little. So um, they have a lot of children at that time. It's not one-child policy. An average four or five. So my family has three kids. My both parents work. 
and then they have to support their parents too. And then we actually have to, you know, have our own. We actually raise our own kids, uh, chicken, and so we can have egg. And then we have a little land, free land. We find and then we plant some vegetable. And then we were on food. You know, it's not food stamp, but the government give you like a limitation of supply of meat and then even sugar. And does the government do that? Do that for everybody in China? Yeah, everybody okay. at that time. So we didn't know we we're poor, what? But then. We we are not giving any snacks. We are not giving anything like biscuit. That's kind of luxury. Banana, never heard of. You know, of course, only when I, when I was sick, then my my mom magically gave me a banana. But then other than that, I, <laughs> nothing like uh-huh. only like you know basic food, and then occasionally. Um, like a chicken soup is like luxury. Of course, you know we have to, the kitchen has the, the, maybe the ki- uh, the chicken died for some reason and we eat the meat. Uh-huh. And then so maybe once a m- once a week we have a little meat from the stamp. I mean, so we are like naturally vegetarian or we are like very healthy because no snack, right? No, no. No fruit, even. Well, just the thing is, you're you're just as happy, I think, as American kids who have everything. Like, I have a friend who did a documentary in India, and the kids were, like, I mean, had no clothes. I mean, they were running around naked, and she was like, they were so happy. And like, the kids here, they want this, don't get this, cranky, yes. kind of grumpy. So, I mean, it's interesting how the psychology is when you don't have anything, and you just learn to live off the land and be happy with what you have. Yeah. I remember that um, my mom sent me to. Um, to kindergarten, um, and then I refused to go. I was so stubborn, I refused to go anymore. I just went for one week, and then no more. And then so every day, my mom just gave me, I think, a little pocket. She put some biscuit on it. And then I would run around for the whole day by myself. And then at noontime, there was a like a grandma, like next door, but not my real grandma, would feed me some like fried rice and then I would run around the afternoon somewhere until my mom and dad come oh my back goodness. home with Well, that, that teaches you independence, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, at an early age. I know it's crazy to think about that now, but uh, yeah. That's... <laughs> I was probably five or yeah. six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. Colin, like, so you mentioned Uganda is modernizing now. Do you think the internet has to do with that? And are, are kids in Uganda like looking at the internet going, wow, these kids in America have these video games and stuff like that and it's changing things? Oh, yeah. it's uh, The internet has definitely changed a lot of things. And also, like, when I was growing up, we didn't have even a house phone. So now everybody in Uganda, almost everyone, has a cell phone. And, in Uganda st- oh, uh, yeah. today, okay. Yeah, and, and now they all have, um, like, either they have a debit card, which wasn't there when I was growing up, or credit card, or, you know, they have what they call uh, something like it's called money transfer. So you can literally transfer money to anybody that has a cell phone. Okay. So money goes kind of like PayPal so or easy, Venmo yeah, or something so mm-hmm. easily with everyone. So kids now have uh, they are more aware of money. They they get money in their hands. They you know it's so different from how I was you know how I, when I was a kid. Things have definitely changed. There is a lot of uh, knowledge about money. Kids are working now. Like you can go get a job at the neighbors and get money. Before when I was growing up. You work for the neighbor, you're just a kid. <laughs> you're yeah. just helping the neighbor. Okay. Yeah, so now it's like <laughs> kids are more independent. They know a lot about money than, than when I was a kid. And for my son, who is born and raised here in America, 
it's a different story. Sometimes I laugh looking at him and imagining my life. And, you know, it doesn't take, it hasn't taken like a, like maybe two generations for him to, yeah. to be different. But I am raising him in a different way than I was completely raised when it comes to money. Like, like Gladys was saying, I remember the only time you get a new dress, it was Christmas. So mm-hmm. the whole year. And then, of course, it's not going to last Christmas. So, but. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You're not complaining. You're not really saying, I want this, but I want that. You know, no parent is bribing you with anything, no allowance, no paying you for doing a chore. So I try to carry those those uh, uh, values or maybe ways with my son. But of course, I balance him out. I don't want him to think, hey, this is not Uganda. Don't raise me like you in Uganda. Right. Well, and it's hard when all their friends are this or that right. or they see this. Yes. And I mean, that peer pressure is so strong, right, Gladys? Yeah. I mean, for them to see that and want this and definitely and one thing talking about the internet is that i mean i'm gonna say unfortunately but a lot of my culture like things from my culture have been kind of um which comes back to money uh, have been um we've been mimicking a lot of the american ways for mm-hmm. example in the dominican republic we didn't used to really celebrate christmas um it used to be january 6th which is uh, the, the three magicians i don't know if that's the actual translation, uh, but now they they do um, yeah Santa Claus and 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 the magicians. And some families even have um, the two holidays. So uh, yeah, it's very interesting how the internet has changed things. Yeah, I mean globalization yes. and and all that has really exposed kids to things that they wouldn't have twenty five years ago. Even so, no, I mean, so that's, you know, an interesting direction that it's all going. So now did you, um, like what lessons do you think are good for America? Because I think like saving is good. I think being prepared for emergencies is good, job losses, things like that. I mean, what lessons did you take? And then you mentioned, Helen, that you know things are going to work out. So I think like there's an anxiety in America that, oh my God, what if I lose my job? And what if I can't pay my mortgage? And what if I get sick? Mm -hmm. And it like drives you crazy, like all this anxiety but you kind of trusted that things were going to work out eventually. Um, Chinese, we have some basic rules about money. Um, it's generation probably passing by. Um, like, you know, my daughter, that she, um, she lived in China for 10 years. And then nobody teach her specific about money. But then we have some sort of unwritten rules, you know, because my daughter, no, at 10, she said, I would never spend money if I... Um, eating out if I don't have if I don't make 
you know, that much of money. I wouldn't use credit card. So one thing that Chinese do is like we always we use credit card, but we always pay it back. Mm-hmm. Well, the Chinese are known for being such great savers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well, like thirty percent of income in we China. I mean, wow. in mm-hmm. U.S. is like zero. We don't like that. But we don't mm-hmm. like right. take a big loan and then paying back. I think the generation who were born in the eighty and nineties are totally different. Um, in what way? In what way they um they oh there was a saying like uh, that means they spend all the money they make that month. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, so they. And then they, they, and there is another term like kenlao, which means they eat their parents. They depend on their parents. They eat they, their parents. Uh, basically, <laughs> they eat their parents. Basically, they, you know, the parents provide uh, a place for them to live. Even when they got married, the parents would come out with the down payment for their apartment and then provide, uh, you know, them uh, like a expensive automobile or something. So, the, the, you know, in in one way we save, in another way. Um, we spoil the only child or the younger generation, and now this has become a con- very controversial topic in China too. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's very American, actually. I mean, and I think with millennials, they get a lot of help from their parents in traditional. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Kellen, that's really different because uh, in Africa, it's the other way around. Like, before a child can actually save to make it on their own, they're busy taking care of everyone back home. Yeah, right. but to go back to the what you say, what I was saying about um, growing up not caring about me, like you feel like everything's gonna be okay. You know, I feel like that's also can be bad, or it it's actually not a good thing. Everything needs balance, right? And I feel like when um, most Africans like you come from poverty, and all of a sudden you discover money, and not only do you discover money, but you discover the value of money and how you're perceived when you have money. Then you you go crazy, and then you you don't you don't have the skills of how to manage your money. And before you know, you're making so much, and then then you lose it all, and then you 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 don't have any discipline with money. So that that balance is also lacking there. And then I, finally, I want to ask you about schools. And is there do they teach about money in schools? Should they both in your home country as well as here? You want to go, Claudius? I, they don't know. We don't have any formal education. This is in the Dominican Republic. Yes, okay. in the Dominican Republic. We don't have any formal education about um, how to manage your money, which I think it's very important. Um, and even here, because uh, I came to the United States when I was 14, I, um, I don't remember being taught about money either. So I think definitely it's, it's something that's needed. Yeah, they used to. Um, it used oh. to be part of math. Really? Um, but then they kind of got rid of it, like, I think, like, in the 60s or something. And, um, you know, and there's some people who want to bring it back, but it's a little controversial because they think money is tied to values. And I, I think it's a good idea. I think you can still teach interest and in how that works and things like that. Definitely. I, I was watching a documentary. I think it was uh, Michael Moore. And he was talking about all these things that are taught um, in other countries, not only about money, but also things that you actually u- use once you, you know, you, you're done with school. Things that living, cooking, and all the things. Uh, like how that. to boil so an egg and change a tire. <laughs> I remember my dad taking me out and teaching me how to change a tire. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is so boring. So um, but I know how to change a tire. <laughs> so I know who to call information, now. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, there should be like a list of 10 things that everybody should know right. before they live on their own, like money and changing a tire and cooking a meal. And- yeah, yeah um, um, a personal example that Jen know that I have, uh, like 18 year old. And then um, I, I set up um, a high school account under my name, uh, which was in high school. 
And then so I just gave her a debit card, and then I can I can control that money by basically giving uh, put the money there, and then watch how she spend the money. It it was fine, you know, because I can see that she only spend anything like a couple of dollars, less than ten dollars. So I I don't really pay attention until she went to college, and then she that account become a college account, and then I I remember I just say one thing I say. Okay, um, you can use the money now. Seems like you seems okay. And then I think that was a very wrong move because then I start to to see that she really <laughs> used that card. And then until she came back last last week for spring break, and then I say, um, "You are in college now. Let's do a a very separate account just by your name." So I basically kick her out of. My uh, under my name, and she, now she has an independent, like an independent account there. And then the money she used to have with her co- uh, with her college account, all transfer there. I say from this point on, this are going to be the only money going to be there. I'm not going to replenish anymore. So you control the money, and then you probably have to earn money to for your use in the future. I yeah. I just get to the point like this is something I have to. Let her, but I think it's a little bit late. But then I try to to do it from high school, and then now she's in college.、Mm-hmm. But still, I think that is one of the problem that's haunting me. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of kids think we'll always have mom and dad to fall back on. But if you teach them how to really survive on their own, right? You know that they can make it. They could figure it out. I push、right. it one more step from the bank with the banker. I say I want her to apply for her own credit card too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then she、and、develops then, credit. Yeah, I say, well, then you know, credit is good because you can just keep on using, and then as long as you, 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 um, you pay it back. But then it's one thing that's good. You can, uh, you can build up your credit. So in the future, when you, as soon as you get a job, you can save and you can buy a house of apartment by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my daughter, when she's seven, and they get paid for doing chores, um, cleaning up and doing things. And、um, she wanted these little like hand. Can I、gel. borrow her and take her to Africa、yeah, a little bit? <laughs> If you'll pay her, that's what I make her. Do. <laughs> so she wanted these little hand gels, and she and like that have colorful and they smell good and stuff. And she found them on Amazon. She just wanted to go on Amazon and look for things and search for stuff. Wow. And she wanted these little hand gels, and they were like twenty bucks. And she goes, I have fifty one dollars, and so we put it on your account, and I'll give you the twenty. She's like, got her little wallet out and pulled her money out, <laughs> and then we we got ready to pay for it, and there was tax, and I was like, it's like twenty five, right? She's like, oh, she got in there, pulled out another five. <laughs> so I was like, you got to pay tax, right? You know, so I mean, that's just those little things, like、mm-hmm. that they just learn. Do I really want these little hand gels? <laughs> she did. <laughs> she she paid me the money for them though. So,、um, okay. Any final thoughts before we close out? No, that just to fall into that. I just feel like、uh, you remember my son when we're like you know in the grocery store or something. Like he's, I don't even know how I did it. I didn't even know that I was doing it. But he would run to something and say, "Mom, don't take that. Is this one that is cheaper?" Oh wow! <laughs> wow, good for him. My kids would never do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he just and sometimes when he gets something, I'm like, "Do you really, really need that?" And you know if. In in like a week, he won't even play with it.、Right. So he's like, okay, well, he's almost ten, so he understands a little bit more than if he would, like. I would not talk to him like that at five. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us and sharing you. your experience you and the lessons from this. I think we can all learn about just how different cultures deal with money and、yes. 
how, you know, we can learn from that and use it in our own, in our own lives. So thank you so much, Kellen, Gladys, and Helen on sharing your thoughts with us. And thank you, as always, for joining us. We love to hear comments and suggestions. We are hashtag kids ka-ching on all the socials. And join us next time. We're going to talk to Ted Beck. He's the president and CEO of the National Endowment for Financial Education. He's going to answer this question. The question is, our grandparents were taught finance in school. Why aren't kids today? So we're going to see what he has to say about that. So he'll be a very interesting guest. And today's podcast brought to you by Wasabi Rabbit. Wasabi Rabbit is a veteran-owned digital marketing agency that provides brand campaign and user experience transformations that accelerate business growth. So for more information, you can go to wasabirabbit.com. Thank you for listening. We love to hear your suggestions, and we will catch you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.